station, but we're here for a real education. Welcome to A Real Education. I'm your host, Tim Wick. I am joined, as always, by my co-host. We're going to call her Movie Dude. Oh. Yeah. Melissa oh. uh, Kirscher. Hi. And uh, for our guest today, we have, uh, I'm going to say, Movie Rug? Movie Nihilist. <laughs> <laughs> Brianna Cecile. Hi, Brianna. Welcome to the program. Hello. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for being here. You are here to watch... The Big Lebowski with us tonight. Yes. And as is our tradition, this is what we do on our podcast at this point. We ask our new person, our person who has not seen the movie before, what do you know about The Big Lebowski? Um, I feel like I remember that there's a dude in a, a white button-up and a tie. I That's about <laughs> all I know. You feel like you remember there's a dude in a white button-up with a tie. Yes. And, and that's, sunglasses. That's all you know. Sunglasses. Ooh, okay. White button up a tie and sunglasses. Sunglasses. And that's all you know. That is literally all I know about this movie. That I is... don't remember anything else. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that, that's good. So uh, our goal is to have somebody who knows virtually nothing about the movie. And you indeed know virtually nothing about the movie. I believe that you, we will find sunglasses is accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't speak for any of the other things you said. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure it fits in somewhere. <laughs> we'll find out. So we, in a spoiler-free fashion, we will do a brief overview of what we are about to watch. I have to say that one of the nice things about The Big Lebowski is I could describe it in considerable detail and not spoil any of it. That's very true. <laughs> uh, because it is one hell of a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a uh, movie by the Coen brothers, who are Minnesota natives. And our podcast is, of course, a Minnesota native podcast. So our pride and joy uh, in the moviedom world. Go go Coen brothers. Go Yay. Coen brothers. They are the greatest. Yay. Uh, or, uh, well, they, I mean, we've done over 100 podcasts and we haven't done a Coen brothers movie. Which is a crime. It is a crime. Uh, and many other films are also about crimes. Yeah. Uh, many of their films wait, are about Wait, is this crimes. one like some kind of heist movie? Uh, no, okay, nope. It's, well, I mean, I could a con, say... It's a there's, con movie? There's a rug. I could say okay. yes, <laughs> but that, again, would be misleading. Oh, perfect. <laughs> there are crimes committed. There, there, there are a lot of things that I could say about this movie that would, as I said, tell you nothing about it. Hold um, on, are there guns? Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. I mean... I mean, I, it's an American movie. Again, we could say yes to a lot of these these questions <laughs> and yet reveal nothing. I mean, are yeah, there it's guns? It's a very odd movie. It's a Coen yeah. Brothers movie. There yeah. are guns in a lot of Coen Brothers movies. Oh, and yes. Yes, very much so. so Especially in the I didn't ones. even realize it was a Coen Brothers movie. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you didn't mention that when you started talking. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, it... it um, I mean... It's, there's a cast of many. There's a cast of many, uh, whom I imagine you'll recognize a great many of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of them are favorite actors of the Coen brothers. Mm-hmm. They sort of have a uh, a stable of actors whom they appreciate and bring to many of their films, and they will be seen in this one, among other Coen brothers films. But the only one we're watching is The Big Lebowski. I'm kind of talking around it just because... This is a you don't know what to say about it. Well, Nobody it's, the dude abides. It's a movie. Just, just abide, Tim. Yeah, just abide. We just need to abide and watch the movie. Yes, I think we do. Yeah. And, so, and then we'll discuss it later. We will discuss it later. So we're gonna go away. We're gonna watch the big Lebowski. You should do it as well, unless you've already watched it, in which case you could just 
you know, listen to the brief musical interlude and then dive into the second half of the podcast. Uh, but but if you haven't watched it, you should. And if you have watched it, maybe watch it again because you will discover new things about about it. You'll be like, oh, damn, I didn't even remember that that scene was in this movie. Which I do every single goddamn time yeah. I watch you this watch You watch it and you're like, yeah. oh, shit, that was from The Big Lebowski. Forgot all about All right. And, and 90% of the time, go, oh, I forgot he was in it. So we're just going to abide. So we're abiding. Saying, we're abiding. Basically Pulp Fiction. Um, <laughs> sure. There, there are more marmots. What? There are more marmots. <laughs> what? Actually, there's not. <laughs> but there is, yet there isn't. <laughs> We're just going to abide. We're abiding. We're abiding. We're abiding. And we are back. Many a rug has been urinated on. Very few gutter balls have been thrown, <laughs> which is unlike any bowling uh, excursion that I've ever been on. But mm. the Big Lebowski has been watched. So, uh, uh, <laughs> Brienne, uh, as, as you'll recall, we said there was virtually nothing we could have said at the beginning that would have prepared you for this film. So now we need to know, what did you think of the Big Lebowski? Uh, wow. Um, <laughs> that's a good place to start. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that's one of those movies where you really have, there, there was no purpose. That Nothing in life changed at the end of it. The True. dude never got his rug back. But he got a rug, I'm sure. Maybe. We uh, don't know. Uh, we never saw his living room floor. No. Okay, fine. Not at the end. Fine, fine. So I mean, the worst case scenario, it's as bad as a John Steinbeck novel and he loses his rug. Donnie. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best critique of this movie I've ever heard. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Donnie, Donnie dies. Yeah. Fair. But, I mean, that could have happened anyway. <laughs> like the, the nihilist's girlfriend loses her toe. <laughs> Okay, so it's Snatch from the minor character's perspective. The Big Lebowski is embarrassed when when he gets thrown onto the floor. Well, I would be. Yeah. It's hard to feel sorry for him. Yeah. I, you don't think his embarrassment has anything to do with getting called out for the fact that he has no money? Well, he does now. He's got a million dollars. That's not going to keep him long. I'm in just that saying, house. stuff happens. <laughs> and Walter learns nothing. Walter, well, that. So, that so is it's true. a John Steinbeck novel. Yes. Somebody dies, and no one learns a lesson. Yes. <laughs> it's perfect. That's the perfect description. It's amazing. You know, the thing is, knowing the Coen brothers, <laughs> that might have been their intent. Oh, I, I don't doubt it. I it's, mean, they're 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 very skillful writers. I mean, as as evidenced by their other films, and they're I mean, like, let's write a John Steinbeck novel. I'm <laughs> I'm not complaining. Like, I actually did enjoy it. I'm not trying to make it sound like I didn't. Understood. I enjoyed it. It's just it felt like uh, the same reaction I had to reading uh, Discworld. Nothing happened. Nothing changed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but in this case, in this case, and I think this is important, that was actually the point. <laughs> Fair. That no matter what all this craziness happened, 
the dude abides. The yes. dude abides. Now I understand that. Now you get it. Yes. Now you get it. So there is a religion based on this movie. Oh there God. is. Of course there, there is. Uh, what is it? The Church of Latter-day Dudism? <laughs> it's, it, it is a real She's thing. not making that I up. I am not making this shit No, up. I believe you. I totally <laughs> believe you. I can see why people would become obsessed with this. Yes. Because it's, it's, very it's like, you know, you get you get punched in the face and you're like, whatever. The only big problem is I lost my rug, which really tied the room together. It's it's like Zen Buddhism with more white Russians. Zen Buddhism. Or, oh. or Caucasians, oh. as he calls them. Yes, oh, he goodness. calls them Caucasians. Caucasians. <laughs> Instead of re- white Russians, he calls them Caucasians. I, I kind of love it. <laughs> which is, you know, the about the only clever thing the dude ever says in the entire movie. I enjoy the fact that this is like a... a uh, and, and the cones do this a lot. They'll take a genre mm-hmm. that you're familiar with, mm-hmm. and they'll be like, this is going to be nothing like a- the, any film you've ever seen in that genre. So this is like the private dick genre, mm-hmm. except the dude is cast as the private dick, and he has no, literally no interest yeah. in or being clue. Or, or clue. <laughs> And, and he, or and talent. He, and he yes. figures it out in the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, he's right. He <laughs> he completely <laughs> figures out what happened. Yeah. But it's it's irrelevant that he knows. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I mean, he's not going to turn the dude, the guy, into the police. No. He doesn't even get his fucking rug back. It's true. But he figured it out. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like this is training wheels for No Country for Old Men because. It, oh. Because this is like a deconstruction of Raymond Chandler stories, uh, whereas No Country for Old Men just kind of unravels all just those. Just blows the shit up. Yeah. It's, um... Unravels I, everything. I've often said about Time the Coen brothers, uh, <laughs> as much as I enjoy their movies, uh, the Coen brothers are clearly smarter than I am. And I think they are smarter than most of their audience, and I think that is what sometimes gets them into trouble. Uh, yeah, I think Barton Fink is the one that I watch. I go, I'm not smart enough for this. <laughs> I'm I'm going to reiterate the realization I had before we started of uh, this is only the third Coen Brothers movie yeah. I have oh, ever yeah. seen. <laughs> but yes, I would say that holds true. Which a means we can throw Fargo at you. Yeah, <laughs> a simple man is the is the Coen Brothers film that I watched that I was like, I am too dumb to understand what's going well, on. Well, that here. means we have to bring in our friend Ari because he's in that. He's movie. in the movie, so he might be able to explain it. Right. Yeah, or possibly not, and that's why you or can't possibly understand not. it. I don't know, but but the I want to like, try this. It's like it's not that I think it's bad. I just watched it and went. I really feel like at least half of what's going on in this film went completely over my head. Yeah, and uh, if you explained it to me, it wouldn't help. That I'm just I'm too <laughs> I'm too dumb for the Coen Brothers here. <laughs> um, which I may say a lot about the Coen Brothers or very little about me. I don't know which. <laughs> And that, that's not really important. Um, I think The Big Lebowski, I, it, oddly, it's maybe one of their most accessible films. Which is, between this and Fargo, yeah, I think so. I mean, and, and Raising Arizona. Yeah, well, which Raising, is, uh, yeah, I was going to say Raising Arizona yeah, is That's very really easily palatable. But, but yeah, Fargo is also very approachable. But this this has a really enduring audience. You know, the, the latter-day... Uh, dudists God. notwithstanding but it this movie really fascinates me because so many people have the experience of they watch it once they go oh yeah it's that's fun and then they watch it again like, <laughs> that's really funny and then they love it so it it's like he 
almost have to warm up to it. I had that experience. Like the first time it's, I it's saw like, it, it was like, oh, this is fun. This is a fun movie. And then I saw it again. It's like, oh, this really is kind of brilliant. Well, because when you watch it the second time and you see some uh, some scene happening, you're like, oh, oh wait. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I know where... I know where this is going now. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I were to watch it again, it would be uh, a lot more intriguing because like the first time through, it took me about three quarters of the movie to actually feel engaged in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah. it wasn't that it was bad. It was just like, okay, that's happening. That's happening. But going back through, I can imagine suddenly all of those being more meaningful. Yeah. Every single line. And 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 you can... And, and I think... When you go back to it a second or third or, four, you know, however many times, you get to enjoy the character interactions more because you're not trying to pay attention to the story so hard. Yep. Because there's so much invested in that first watching and, okay, what the fuck is going on? There's so much going on. And there's so many weird characters being thrown at you. Oh, my God. And, and love- you have to keep your brain so engaged. Whereas the second time... You watch it, you go, oh, it's just fun to watch Julian Moore. It's just fun to watch Philip Seymour Hoffman. I could have watched his reactions the oh, entire yes. movie. Yes. Like, just watching him cringe. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was beautiful. Watching him try to wrap his mouth around the word dude is amazing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and yeah. He's so brilliant. Oh, why did he have to go so early? Yeah. Oh, mm. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Wah. Rest in peace. Put so, his ashes in a folder. Well, good. We've got a tragic death in this movie. That's a theme of ours. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah uh, very tragic. Philip, Se- Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. There's always an actor with a tragic death. We've discovered in that. every it's, movie. It seems that way. All right. Uh, and I, f- I find the tragic death. Yeah. Oh, yes. Melissa goes searching. Oh, yes, but you don't have to look that hard because we've got Philip Seymour Hoffman right, right there. Uh, and, ready. and also the guy who played the big Lebowski just recently died too. Yeah, but the, I mean, he was recently-ish. I he mean, was yeah, like he was old, eighty old, something. Yeah, so I, yeah I he was in really. Blazing Saddles. You know, he, he goes. There's no, there's no tragedy. That's where I recognized him from. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's a All right. He's a character actor. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I. He, well, give some land for the yep. you know and the. Eh. <laughs> yes, but, I can hear his but, voice now. Yes. But no Irish. But no Irish. Yes. All right, we'll take the Irish. <laughs> Everybody. Oh, uh, okay. God. So uh, yeah, that was the Big Lebowski. Um, yeah, I th- um, when you watch it multiple times, but the first time you watch it, you're like, "This is this has to be going somewhere, right?" No, it and, and, does. And, and, no, no. That is the exact reaction I had, though. Was like, okay, this is all going to wrap up, and like something is going to happen, and it's going to be big, and they're going to like learn. Nope, nope, nope. And the nope. dude doesn't even get his fucking rug. You're like, at the very least, you feel like the dude's going to end up with a goddamn rug. But <laughs> not even not even a rug. No. Like I said, this is exactly like Steinbeck's The Pearl. His family dies, <laughs> yep. and he throws his rug away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Figuratively. Figuratively. I mean, they... Yes. He, he didn't even get, like, the original rug that got peed on, like, dry cleaned. Does... Would you have wanted to? I don't know. I, I mean, I, I was watching uh... the movie this time, and I got to... Um, okay, uh, th- this is what this podcast is for. Uh, really inappropriate asides. So... Oh, God. Uh, speaking as a diabetic, uh, <laughs> one of the most important things that you need to do is keep yourself hydrated. And one of the ways to know that you're hydrated is 
if your pee is clear. And if your pee is clear, it also means that it's it's pretty clean, right? Okay. So the dude who was peeing on the rug, his pee was clear, I noticed. I'm just saying. Well, it was in high def. It was in high def. We were watching it in high def. His <laughs> pee was clear, and I feel that that would make that rug pretty easy to clean. And you're in sterile, as we've learned from Fight You're Club. in a sterile. Yeah. So I... I <laughs> All he's got to do is dry clean the rug, man. I mean, you bring up a valid point. People will hang on to a rug that like a dog or a cat has peed on hundreds of times, but you get any type of human bodily fluids on it and suddenly it's like disgusting and gross. Yeah. Unless it's a child of your own. Yep. Yeah. 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 I've got an aside about that, but I'm not going to share that right now. But I'm just... um, (laughs) But... uh, but <laughs> let's, let's let's back. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll bring I'll bring it to this. That was not a fucking marmot. <laughs> that is a ferret, not a marmot. Not there a marmot. is so they did much. Call it a marmot. There is so much animal misidentification in this movie. Also, that was not a pomeranian. No, God, no, no but that is a, not a pomeranian. But that's that's the point. Right? I know. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah the, nobody the knows animal, anything about these poor. Nobody animals. Nobody knows anything about anything in this movie, and, and that's. And That's Tara Reid is not a bunny. No. <laughs> She's a human. It, unfortunately. It, it uh, kind of... No, no. Did we do... We did Josie and the Pussycats, right? Yes, we did. Tara Reid was great in that. This is the second movie we've watched that features <laughs> Tara, Tara Reid. She's and also Tara, in Sharknado. She is. And Alone in the Dark. She is. She's a terrible actress. Tara Reid is a terrible actress. <laughs> but she's great in Josie and the Pussycats. And she's good in this. I mean, yeah, she's, she's not in very much of it. she's appropriate in this. You know? Yeah, but uh, it kind of amazes me that somehow we've Tara done more Reed, Tara Reid movies than Coen Brothers movies. In <laughs> fact, we've now, done, we've now done more Tara Reid movies than Gregory Peck movies. <laughs> Before this, this before this movie, they were tied, <laughs> but only because the episode immediately preceding <laughs> this one was a Gregory Peck movie. Right. <laughs> this makes me question all of your choices well, in life. It makes, it's, I know, makes it's me the, question it's my It's the choices. first time you've even been on this podcast. It's true. Clearly, you're now our Coen Brothers connection, and every time we do a Coen <laughs> oh, Brothers sh- film from now on, it's... oh, you you won't regret this. There's some great <laughs> things in there. Yeah, every time. Raising Arizona is so great. Awesome. It really is. And Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? I, yeah. I hear no, uh, what is it, No Country for Old Men? No Country for no Old country Men is old, amazing. Old I've heard is, that's good and it was nominated for something. It, yeah. it won things. Oh, I yeah, didn't see it. Yeah, it won this Oscars. is what I'm talking about. It won the stuff. It, it, won, it, won, it the, won the, the stuff. big Oscar. And and there's there's other fine, fine Coen Brothers movies. Yeah. Uh, so we should talk a little bit about the Coen Brothers, I yes, suppose. Yes, we should. I mean, they're from Minneapolis. Yeah. And... Um, I, yeah, I, I may have looked up trying to figure out who an actor was, and it yeah. specifically said St. Louis Park, which I don't know why it made me giggle, but it did. <laughs> it actually, it that yes. actually, um, in a simple man, a simple man, yeah, which is set in St. Louis Park, and mm-hmm. that was that was purposeful, and there was there were tons of interviews around surrounding that movie where the Coen Brothers were talking about setting that movie in St. Louis Park because they grew up there, and there was like, yep. and they were Aww. like, this movie is. A perfect example of St. Louis Park, which of course was bullshit, because that's one of the things about the Coen Brothers that is universal. Is if they say something is an example of or a type of, it's not. It's bullshit. It's like <laughs> Fargo, and this is not a spoiler. So when oh, we God, do Fargo, yes. when we do Fargo, it starts the first thing in Fargo 
it says is based on a true story. Which is bullshit. It's bullshit. It's and, not based on a true story. And the first location you see in Fargo, which they say is in Fargo, is in Minneapolis. Yeah. That it, fucking bar. The, the only thing I know about Fargo is there's a scene with a wood chipper. Well... <laughs> <laughs> um, Notice we didn't go. Well. Also, you know, you know, it's you know, it's not a true story because I just told you, yeah. but that is not a spoiler. But I mean, that's the thing: is the Coen Brothers fuck with you? Mm-hmm. This movie is the Coen Brothers fucking with you. They spend the whole movie going something's going to happen while quietly tittering behind their cameras. <laughs> Nothing's going to happen. So the Coen Brothers are. John Steinbeck, the movie world. They are. Yeah. <sighs> Except they're at least, I mean, well, pseudo honest about it. No, <laughs> well, they've made an entire career off of it for both of them. They're called the two headed director. All right. Sometimes. They I, are. Well, I mean, they, um, for the longest time, I think, I think this changed. Um, when they finally did the lady killers, which isn't good as, as Tim says, yeah. um, prior to that, I think I think it's um, Directors Guild regulations. Only one person can be credited as director on Hollywood movies, which is why only one of them could take credit as director, even though they both were directing the movie. They movies. pretty much co-direct, yeah. co-write, and they, co-produce everything. They yeah. Do. yeah, that's what I assumed. Yeah, I, they yeah. you can't do that. Um, you apparently can now. You can now. You can now because they 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 were they one of the that. and yeah. I mean, there are a couple other directing teams almost always siblings so like the the Lebowski's yes yep uh, for instance mm-hmm. are our directing team yeah uh, but for the most part yeah Joel and Ethan always work together mm-hmm. and uh, also Roderick Jeans which is almost always credited as an editor on their films is also them yeah. <laughs> But so. I don't know. They're they they yeah. they're 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 from Minnesota, so yeah. they've got a they've got a humble brag. Oh, so I, at least that's my feeling. <laughs> is is that the whole point is you know oh oh well yeah the, I mean the editor is us too, but we we don't want to we don't want to yeah. like oversell how much we work <laughs> on our own films. Otherwise, it starts looking like a Neil Breen movie. <laughs> Every credit is Neil Breen. <laughs> and and, and Rihanna's like, what? Yep. I do, I do <laughs> and, and, and rightfully no so. No idea what you're talking don't about. Don't ever look up Neil Breen. That's, well, don't watch a Neil Breen movie. Don't watch a Neil Breen movie. Are we going to have to? No, we're not going to do a Neil Breen. I mean, someday, no. we'll, someday we're going to have to do The Room. That would and that be, will be our wait, last episode. No, 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 no. Episode. We do Disaster Artist is what we do. Mm. Okay, so that one I've actually seen. Isn't that great? The, the Room, not Disaster the room. Artist. No, no, The Room is... <laughs> The Room is a movie. Yep. Is a movie. Technically. It's, yeah. <laughs> Disaster Artist is a good movie. Disaster about Artist a bad is a bad movie. <laughs> oh. All right. So anyway, back to the Coen brothers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They, they've been on nominated several times for Yeah. I think Oscars. they've, isn't it like four Best Picture nominations? I and could not tell you without looking it up on the yeah, IMDb. One, and Old Country for No Men. Old, the old country, no, no. country, old country buffet for no men. Mm, old country buffet for old men. Old, it's pretty much no, what it's for. No let's country not, for old men. One. Let's not pretend one. that it's anything different than that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you heard that thump, it was my cat. Um, yeah. So they won for no, but I mean they've been nominated for uh, screenplay, and I think yeah. they won for screenplay before they won for. I think they did. I think they did. Was it yeah, Raising Arizona? No, Fargo. I Fargo. think they won for Fargo. I'm pretty um, sure. I could look it up, but I think it's yeah, better if we just you know, sound we, like we... We have so many other people to talk about in this movie, Yeah, too. this movie's just... It's, it's so it's, packed full of people. Yeah, first of all, dense. I want to I talk about Roger Deakins before 
we forget about Roger Deakins because this is a fucking beautiful movie. It, well, it's every like, fu- oh, he's I, so I have good. no interest in bowling, but every time I watch this movie, it's like, oh, bowling is so pretty. Bowling is not pretty. Roger Deakins made bowling. <laughs> <laughs> but did. Roger Deakins is the cinematographer of this movie and so many other things. Like he's he's been nominated for best cin- cinematographer thirteen times. I mean, he does make it seem like it's an actually like sexy sport. Yeah, it's just gorgeous and yeah. uh, and I think he find of all things he finally won uh, best cinematography this year for Blade Runner twenty forty nine right. Uh, he did win. He finally. did finally win, which is, I, I mean, it's it's like, imagine John Williams had not won an Oscar until now. Yeah. You're like looking back at Star Wars and fucking Raiders of the Lost Ark and Jaws and, and, and even like Harry Potter and going, what the fuck? <laughs> That's Roger Deakins. Yes. That's Roger Deakins. I mean, he, yeah, he's the he guy did who cinema- filmed Shawshank. Shawshank you know? Redemption is fucking Roger Deakins. Basically, every Coen Brothers film yeah. is Roger Deakins. And every single one of them, you're just sitting there with your jaw dry. What's the black and white one with uh, uh, Billy Bob? Oh, uh, uh, for, uh, uh, oh no. It's uh, uh, a... No, no. Nope, no idea. Oh, but it's... it's oh, The Man Who Wasn't There. The Man Who Wasn't There. I knew it was in my brain somewhere. If, if you want to see some of the most luxurious black and white yeah. cinematography, I mean, cinematog- and a cinematography that you just want to reach out and touch because mm-hmm. it's so beautiful, that that movie just like, I mean, they're, they're point and, and of course, you know, part of it is like in black and white, everybody has to smoke because when they smoke, it's, it's, it's beautiful. prettier. It's sexy. Yeah. yeah. There's, like there's, it's stunning. Yeah. yeah. It's like you can understand why people smoked when you watch a black and white movie where people are smoking because they're like, shit, I want to look like that motherfucker right there. <laughs> uh, they None of them did. I'm just going to. But you wanted to because it's, you're in color. You're not in black and white. It just doesn't look the same. So. Um, and but, the, and y- Hail Caesar was really beautiful, too. Yeah. But I mean, Roger Deakins just. <laughs> yeah. He's he's the he's the he's the man, as they say, as they as say. I say right now. So, so. <laughs> Fargo. There's of course there's they want to they want an Oscar for Fargo for screenplay. Yep, that makes sense. Yeah. And then of course there's a bazillion actors in this movie that literally that we yeah a bazillion of them. Yeah, right? it took down us to like tiny... twenty extra minutes to come down because we were watching the credits and just went on and on with actors. Yeah, uh, and actors we know. Well, I know anyway. <laughs> All right, I'm being sarcastic. Anyway. Um, <laughs> But there are a lot of actors. I it, don't. It's like name that actor. There, there were several that I was like, wait a minute, is that? And had to actually figure it out in the moment because it was driving me so nuts. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll I'll start with the nihilists because I love the nihilists. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Yep. Okay, the one that n- nobody tends to recognize is Torsten Voges. He, he's this German guy who is now acting in the U.S. But the other two are Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I saw that. It made me so happy. And Peter Stormare, who I absolutely adore. <laughs> Peter Stormare is this Swedish actor who, um, he's in Fargo, he's in Armageddon, he's, he plays Satan in Constantine. He's yes. amazing. Oh my yes. god, yes! He's in John okay. Wick too. He He's in like now 117 I, no. movies a year because he's cheap to hire and he's amazing. Now that you say that, I can totally place him. Like, oh my God, Constantine. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So he's your standard Swedish guy that you yep. hired to have a thick accent on screen. And he's so much fun. And in those older uh, 
Volkswagen commercials. He was the guy in the white coat with V Dob. <laughs> and what? now we will unpimp your auto, and then the car explodes. <laughs> I love these commercials so much. They are, they <laughs> I are do not great. remember these commercials. <laughs> I, I need to show you these commercials. Yes, please. We need to link them in the show notes, the VW commercials with Peter <laughs> Samari. So cute. You think I'm going to do show notes? I celebrate Peter Samari Day every day. On, er, every day. Every day of my life, I hold Peter Samari in my heart. <laughs> no, I, uh, I do have his Peter, birthday marked listening. on my calendar because I love Peter Samari. If you're listening, send us your address and she will get you all of the birth- birthday presents that she stocked <laughs> all up all for you. All the birth certificates I have. <laughs> <laughs> birthday presents. All of your birth certificates. <laughs> every time you go and request one, it never shows up. I'll tell you why. <laughs> oh. Melissa has your birth certificates, Peter. <laughs> There's this little uh, low-budget movie. I think it was made in Sweden uh, several years ago. It was like five, six years ago. And they scratched up enough money to hire Peter Stormari to play himself, like <laughs> as a parody of himself. Like they call him up and he's next to his pool and he's, you wish to hire the great Peter Stormari? You wish to have the Stormari star power? And, and this is why I love Peter Stormari. <laughs> Oh, fair enough. <laughs> what else? Who else are we going to talk about? Well, we should talk about Jeff Bridges because oh. he's like the lead in the movie. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, you know. No, Maybe Jeff Bridges. He's in, he's in Tron. He's in Tron. He's in Starman. Mm-hmm. He he won an Oscar after this. Yeah, he did for he, he, for True Grit, right? No, no, he was nominated for True Grit. Oh, oh, was, oh, Crazy Heart. Yeah, it was for it Crazy, was Crazy Heart. Heart. Which is also very good, but not as much fun as True Grit. No, True Grit's way more fun than Crazy Heart. Um, Fisher King is one of my favorite performances Fisher King, by him. Very good performance by and, him. And very recently he was in a movie called Hell or High Water, which if you have not seen, you should. I think the only one you've listed that I have seen is True Grit. Which is fun, isn't it? It is. <laughs> it is. I, lo- I watched it back to back with the... Hey, wasn't one? that a Coen Brothers yeah. movie? Yes. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. That's oh. one of the... Now three that I've seen. Probably shot by Roger Deakins. It was beautiful. But yes, I watched it back to back with the old one. Mm -hmm. And geez, he did well. Yes. Oh my God. I prefer his performance to John Wayne's. Absolutely. I mean, there's there's something about the John Wayne delivery of, fill your hands, you son of a bitch. There's something to that, but Jeff Bridges is no slouch on that either. His was so much better in my opinion. Mm -hmm, That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. No. Well, I've seen both. Mm-hmm. I don't. You know, I I'm a huge Western fan, and maybe we should do True Grit. We or should the True Grits. Um, but uh, <laughs> True's grit. It's because because I like where Westerns came from a lot. There's something about the classic that really appeals to me. But but my own modern movie watching sensibilities, it's hard to. I argue. think the newer one is a much tighter film. Well, and it's also. Fucking Coen Brothers and yeah. shot by fucking Roger Deakins and the, the script is so good. Who's the girl in that? Who's fantastic? Because yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is she's she fantastic. was amazing? Yeah, yeah, she was terrific, and yeah. I can't remember her name. Oh yeah, I'm God, I ranking. loved her. She was amazing. Was it Hallie something? Hallie, right. Hallie, yeah. Mm. yeah. All right, I'm, I'm gonna bl- look I'm, it up. My, my I'm gonna look it up. Blue, you tell them about. The, but I totally uh, fell in love with her watching. Keep that talking about amazing. Jeff Bridges, and I'm gonna look up the name of our uh, our intrepid young lady. So Jeff Bridges <laughs> is Hollywood royalty. He is the son of Lloyd Bridges, who was also a star of yesteryear. Wow. Uh, brother of Bo Bridges. Guess I picked the wrong week to stop sliff, sniffing glue. Yes, he was in the airplane movies. Yeah. Hallie yes. Stansfield. Steinfeld. Hallie, Hallie Stansfield. Hi, Hallie Steinfeld. Excuse me. Hallie, Hallie Steinfeld. 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 
Okay. I, I got the Hallie part right. So go me. All right. So so both uh, Jeff Bridges and Bo Bridges, you know, came up uh, as sons of two actors. And uh, and so both Lloyd Bridges and I, I forget his wife's name, Kathleen? I can't remember. But anyway, uh, they were both on TV shows when the two sons were kids and so the kids would occasionally pop up on the tv shows too like on sea hunt and stuff oh geez and you know everybody just kept being a star so uh jeff bridges is apparently not too far off from his portrayal in this movie he's super laid back (laughs) and chill which is probably actually if you watch like google his his acceptance speech for for crazy heart it's like it's the dude it's the dude it's the dude accepting an oscar Oscar. awesome Well, it, apparently, when he read the script, he, he he asked the cones something to the effect of, were you, like, spying on me in college? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really funny because the, the character of the dude is actually based on a real person. And it's not Jeff Bridges. It's a guy named Jeff Dowd, who so is wait, a producer. You're telling me that Fargo says it's based on a true story, but is not. Yeah. And this one is actually based on a real person. Yeah, just the character, though. Okay. Not the, the story around him, but uh, Jeff Jeff Dowd was the guy who helped get uh, the Coen Brothers' first movie pr- uh, distribution, I think it was. Like, the, he helped them get Blood Simple distributed. And so they've been friends ever since. And this guy, it, the, Jeff Dowd, really was a member of the Seattle Seven. And... Really, this is apparently what he's like. Just super chill and smoking a lot of weed and <laughs> wearing jelly slippers. Well, the jelly slippers I... actually belong to Jeff Bridges. Are you serious? Apparently, he still wears them. That is amazing. I <laughs> could not stop looking at those. I... Oh, I remember how painful those were. <laughs> yeah, they really did kind of suck. They, they would cut into your feet so bad. Yeah, they were, they were bad <laughs> things. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. They were horrible. Yeah. It's true. They're not healthy for you. Not good for you at all. But apparently Jeff Bridges really likes his. All right. <laughs> you know, I mean, he abides. He abides. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> what else we with John Goodman? Uh, yeah, we have John oh, Goodman. Oh. oh, yes, yes. I just need to point out, oh, I sure. was right about, I thought it was John Goodman, <laughs> but I couldn't remember his name, in a white button-up with a tie and sunglasses. Yes, yes. Bashing the shit out of that car. Which is amazing. <laughs> and I realize that's the one scene that I have seen before, and I'm pretty sure I was shown it at work. <laughs> and the thing is that having seen that scene tells you literally nothing about the movie. Absolutely nope. nothing. It, you could, And it really has no impact on the rest of the movie. Well, I mean... It, but it's it, glorious. I didn't it, even... It, it, goes, it goes further in, in destroying the dude's car, but... Well, yeah. But, you know, I mean, that's just a... It's, it's an incremental thing. That's another thing that happens by the end of the movie. The mm-hmm. dude has no car. I mean, dude has no car. He, he barely had a car at the beginning That's of the movie. Uh, let's, yeah. Fair. Let's be very honest. But, okay. Okay. So that scene. Yes. John Goodman comes out screaming. This is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. So this movie is legendary on the basis of when it was uh, dubbed over for TV. They got yes. super creative with how they dubbed all the profanity. Oh my! I, and I've heard about this. Yes, one. yes. Oh. The the line, this is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass, turns into in the TV cut. This is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my! 
that's why I was shown this scene. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yes. yep. That is exactly why someone showed me that scene. So, and there there are other bizarre oh things my God. that that are dubbed over in this in this movie when well, you watch. This is those. what happens when you find a stranger in the, the Alps. Alps. Well, you shouldn't take him home with you. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> I just want a but, list of all of their creative dubbing for this movie. I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere. Yeah, YouTube is your friend. Yes. It it really is legendary for its its all dubbing. Right. So I will I, find I'm this sure YouTube video when I get home. Somebody was having a good time. Somebody was having a really good time. Who else should we talk about? I mean, there's there's Julianne Moore. There's Julianne another Moore, Oscar winning, another actor. Oscar winner um, from Far From Heaven and The Hours and Hunger Games and Boogie Nights. Although I like her best at doing comedy. Because she doesn't do it very often. She doesn't do it often, but she's fantastic at it. She's really good at I it. I love her character in this. She's I really good at everything. She's and really, I mean, seriously, Julianne Moore is fucking boss. She was ridiculous mm-hmm. in this. Yeah. yeah, she's fantastic. And I mean, in, in my college years, I was earning both a four year degree in biology and a four year degree in fine arts. And having been on the fine arts side, the like the the feminist art thing in in the nineties no less. <laughs> yep. I I just see Julianne Moore strapped buck naked flying at a canvas splattering <laughs> paint and go, Yep. That's happened. Yep. That's not far <laughs> off from the truth. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's, that's some Cindy Sherman stuff going on right there. That's what they turn into at the end of their lives or in the middle of their life. Whatever. Anyway. Point is. Also, I love how Julianne Moore got her start in the Tales from the Dark Side movie. And that is? I, I don't it, know. It's a horror is. movie. Yeah, like, I know, but I'm just saying, I love she how was, she got her start. Is like there's a story there. Well, she's turned into such like a, 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 a prestige actress. And, you know, she was just like a, a vampire victim in a Tales from the Dark Side movie. Everybody's got to get their start somewhere, but I just love that. That's hers. <laughs> <laughs> but she's been doing all right since then. Oh, she's been doing just fine. But not not playing a lot of comedy. No, but she really should. There, There is a college humor video out there somewhere where Julian Moore somehow... Okay, they did a music video featuring all the characters from G.I. Joe. And they had her dressed up as Scarlet. Playing a huh. clarinet, and it was amazing. She it's was, like, how do you call up Julian Moore and say, um, "Will you show up and dress in pleather and play a clarinet?" Sure. I can't. I can't see how anybody would say no to that. I. If I was called up and asked that, I would do it. I'm sure you would. But I'm just saying. I don't know if I want to see you in pleather that much. I don't though. think anybody does, but that's not the point. The point <laughs> is, if somebody asked, I would say yes. By the way, Julianne Moore uh, is probably the best thing in Kingsman: The Golden Circle, although that's not a high bar. I have not seen that yet. You're I have okay. not seen okay. it's either okay. of them. Kingsman. The first one's fun. That's the first what I've one. Heard, yeah. The second one is uh, not so much. I, as you say, I I want to say sexist trash. Oh, but maybe mm, that's not. I'm not going to blame you for saying sexist trash. No, I'm just maybe that's not harsh enough. <laughs> oh, oh wow. Um, okay then. Anyway, so yeah, that's too bad. Uh, Anyway, but she's so, the best part of it. <laughs> she's got a wonderful part in. Okay, that's good. Kingsman: The Golden Circle. 
uh, it's a disappointment. Anyway, uh, back to the Coen Brothers movie oh, that uh, we actually yeah. watched. Speaking of Hunger Games, so we have Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, yes. And he's delightful in this movie. He is. Oh, he's oh my so God. He's so awkward. He's so awkward. His little poses. I wanted, I wanted more of him. I just Again. wanted him, like, constantly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Do yeah, we all, I, would... I mean, does anybody else think that he's pretty much in love with the big Lebowski? Is that yes. what's going oh, on? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Yes. There's some serious Absolutely. closeted action going on oh, there. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> good. I, I was just like, did, did, I, did I just accidentally see no, that? No, no, no. Okay. He has been for years. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I love the tour of all the things on the wall. It's oh, the Mr. Burns was... Smithers relationship. Yes, it is. It was. I was going to say it was like he was describing his prized child. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And oh. and I love when, when the big Lebowski has gone into seclusion in the and he in the wing. Is and, doing like the hunchy yeah, bowy thing. Yeah, and, and it's he, like a citizen oh. cane moment or something. <laughs> and he throws open the double doors with his head bowed and oh it's amazing. He's so amazing. There's oh. so many moments in this movie that you're just like, God damn. Oh, we they, miss you. It's like it's like they made the movie just to do that shit. <laughs> They're like, well, the story, I mean, sure, something will happen. We don't care. Well, but no, I want nothing happened. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's something v- very akin between this movie and Hail Caesar, where in Hail Caesar, not a whole hell of a lot happens either. No, nothing happens but, in Hail Caesar. But Hail Caesar, and, and I think this to some extent, is just a playground for all their favorite character actors. To play crazy. Yeah, they just string all these crazy scenes together, and it's just an excuse to get, you know, all these people like Tilda Swinton and Francis McDormand and 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 Josh Brolin, and just everybody gets to chew scenery for a little bit. Do you think that there are times where they just say, hey, we haven't actually written this character, we just want to see what you're going to play with? (laughs) And they just let them go with it and then write the script. From what I understand, no. no. They they, they write... the script this, and you cannot this change. movie this yeah. movie is nothing they do is improvised yeah everything they deliver I think there's one line in the whole script yeah the thing about the paraquat yeah the thing the, the when he calls the big Lebowski a something paraquat yeah that's the only improvised line in the entire script everything else exactly as it's written they are every very, man and dude every, written. it's written yeah. and I th- you know the thing is and we taught Hail Caesar which I enjoy but I mean, you talk about nothing happening in this movie, and yes, but nothing happens very deliberately in this oh, yeah. movie. Um, you know, and Hail Caesar feels a little less structured. It's very much less structured, and that's yeah. why we're talking about Big Lebowski now and, and not, not Hail, Hail Caesar. Caesar. Although Hail Caesar is a lot of fun. Oh, I will put in Hail Caesar and just watch it randomly. I strongly encourage yeah. watching Hail Caesar, because but understand so understand the Big Lebowski is a much better film. Also, uh, George Clooney playing dumb is hysterical. <laughs> That's oh yeah, <laughs> which is why we should watch Oh Brother Where Art Thou at some point. Yes. Because yes. that's because I haven't seen it. Because it's wonderful. Oh, it's yes. so good. Yes. Oh yes, my god. It's so great. It's so good. I think it's pretty safe to assume that I haven't seen most movies. Okay. That great. you guys would want to watch. Well, Actually. there we go. <laughs> Brianna is another foil for our podcast. Yes. Oh no. Uh, all right. We only uh, seek to improve your existence. <laughs> I feel very educated right now. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, okay, oh, so we have Steve Buscemi, and we haven't talked about. I him know yet. we haven't talked about Steve Buscemi. Shut. Yeah. <laughs> I assumed you were saving. Him. Shut the fuck up, Donnie. <laughs> Shut up, Donnie. Oh, poor Donnie. Okay, so there is this 
fan theory on uh, on the intertubes that Donnie's character doesn't actually exist, that he's a, a figment of, I think, Walter's imagination or something like that. No, he's a figment of the dude's imagination. It, no, it would, like it would have to be Walter's, but it doesn't work. Walter is the one that interacts with him. Yeah. I don't... But like, the dude... Well, that theory is predicated upon... The dude never interacting with Donnie. Yeah. But the thing is, the dude does interact with Donnie. He does. Like two or three times. Like, it's not very much. Your, your phone's ringing. Thank you, Donnie. They gotcha. do interact. And also, Donnie's ashes wind up on the dude's face. They do. So. I am and I mean, the dude, that. That the dude went ashes. to the funeral parlor. Yeah. So either he was feeding Supporting. Walter's delusion, which he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would do that. Oh, really? Because he, he doesn't really well, put up with sure Walter's doesn't... shit. <laughs> God. I mean, he, he he doesn't stop Walter exactly, but he would challenge Walter on his shit. He'd and be then like, Walter, nothing happens. Walter, you know Donnie's not fucking there. <laughs> there is no fucking Donnie, Walter. And then he'd go with it for the next year yeah. until he'd call it out again. God. <laughs> Walter just... Okay, so Walter, the character of Walter, is also based on a real person. It's based on John Melius, who's a director and writer. He's the guy who wrote Conan the Barbarian. Conan the, the Barbarian. And, and Apocalypse Now and all that. He really is kind of like Walter. To drive the women before and lamentate, whatever. The, the, uh, yeah, the lamentations of the, of the women. women. But, but yeah, Walter is... Great writing, buddy. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking hey, about. It's not like what? I've ever Millie written a for, fucking movie. For a certain measure of movie making, Get especially on that, in the 80s. Yeah. You know, Pucklef Snow is really good. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, but anyway, uh, Steve Buscemi. We all love Steve Buscemi in the internet Who doesn't age. love Steve right? Buscemi? Right. Um, uh, one of my favorite things about him is that uh, when 9-11 happened, uh, he was actually a former firefighter. And he showed up at his old firehouse and started helping them search for bodies, like anonymously. Yep. Yeah, I, I heard like, that he did that. He's really cool. And then he makes, you know, like five movies a year and he's Steve Buscemi and he's super awesome. Steve fucking Buscemi. He also got in a bar brawl with Vince Vaughn. <laughs> <laughs> well, from what I understand, Vince Vaughn's kind of a D-bag, so. Yeah. I ran in, into him in an airport once. He was did you? Right. Was he a D-bag there? No, he wasn't. He, right. he seemed appreciative that I recognized him and I acknowledged him but did not bother him. <laughs> anyway. Well done. That was Vince Vaughn, not Steve Buscemi. Because <laughs> he wouldn't have been able to resist with Steve Buscemi. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, you're Steve Buscemi. Oh, my God, Steve Buscemi. Oh, my God. I love you so much, Steve you're Buscemi. You're the best. <laughs> I don't From what I him. hear, he's a pretty nice guy, so he probably would have been okay with that. I, I mean, if he's, you know, helping search... You know, for bodies in the rubble of 9-11, yep. he's probably a pretty cool dude. Yeah. 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 Seems like a good guy, that Steve Buscemi. Wait, so this had two actors from Armageddon? Yeah. Okay. It did. Yep. All Armageddon right. Armageddon had a lot of actors. Yeah, well, I know. True. That is true. But the two craziest actors from Armageddon. <laughs> Indeed it did. <laughs> the two craziest actors from well, Armageddon two, were in- The two in, crazy characters. Were in Big Lebowski. What yep. a shock. Yep. Hard to believe. Along with Sam Elliott. By the way, I will I will claim I okay, the dude may have not gotten a rug, but I think Sam Elliott's mustache counts as a rug. Yeah, but Sam Elliott kept it. Hmm. Hmm. Well, you don't know what mm. happened after like they walked off at the end. 
We don't know a lot of things. I mean, he might have gotten another rug. One might hope. We don't know how he can afford to pay his rent, and yet somehow yeah. he does. Well, did, no, did you know he doesn't? Because that's what the guy was trying to get him to do. Sure, right. but he must have at some point. No, I really think that he just showed up to that guy's recitals and like gave him critiques on his performances mm-hmm. in lieu of rent. Maybe. I'm pretty I- sure that guy was so passive that he was never going to try to actively collect rent. I, I do love that dance sequence. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It, it reminded oh. me of something. There's so many sad, pathetic moments. Yeah, a little bit. It is it is kind of fringe. <laughs> it really is. They're, they're just, you know, it, it's like this movie filled with lost souls. At one point, I, I even commented, it's like the dude is the most normal person in this entire movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that says a lot. Like, the most well-adjusted person in this movie. The next most yeah. normal person is Donnie. Which is sad. Poor Donnie. Poor Donnie. <laughs> and after that, it's just... I was just heartbroken when he got the spare. Like, Yeah. Oh. Although if you... It, it's even sadder when you really Realize, watch that scene. Because he, he's he like goes, looking at his hand. Yeah, and he's oh. kind of shaking it. It's like, oh, oh yeah, that's a symptom of heart attack. Your arm starts to hurt. Yeah. Poor Donnie. And then he died. And then he died. Why do you got to keep bringing that up? <laughs> it's because it happened. But Steve Buscemi is still with us. It's he true. Is. He is. He is. And someday, maybe Melissa will run into him in an airport. That'd be amazing. <laughs> All right, we're getting close to final thoughts. So, Melissa, okay. we better uh, we better find out if there's anything else that you desperately need to share uh, about the Big Lebowski. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, oh, I just have goofy... I, uh, yeah. There's goofy facts. No, uh, well, okay, fine. My brain. Sam Elliott. I adore Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. Um, his film debut was Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Did you realize that? I did not realize yeah, that. But anyway, Sam Elliott, I could watch an entire movie of Sam Elliott just talking <laughs> to the camera as a cowboy. It, I mean, that's really what the Golden Compass is about. It's like the rest of the movie, it's like, I don't care about the rest of the movie of Golden Compass. But once Sam Elliott shows up, it's like, I'm on board. (laughs) I'll watch that. But if you really want to see Sam Elliott in one of his really old roles, and I mean, you really got to suffer through this one. But if you want to see Sam Elliott without a mustache and in really, really, really tight pants, there's a movie called Frogs. Of course there is. It's about a, a frog Invasion. A frog invasion. Yes. All right. So it was uh, like the one of the mid '80s animal invasion. Yeah, mid '70s. Mid '70s yeah. animal invasion films. Yeah. Predates Piranha. Yeah, I think it does actually. Hmm. And if I remember right, the cranky old plantation owner was Ray Meland. <laughs> There's always a really crank. yeah frogs. Frogs. Okay. Are oh, you, I've seen it. You're looking at me like. Like that shocks you. What's really hilarious? You noticed there was no surprise on my face that there was a movie about a frog invasion. I mean, just of all of the ones that you could have, like frog seems like the most benign animal invasion. What's really hilarious is whenever you see a quote frog on the screen, it's almost always a toad. Because of <laughs> course it is. Because frogs need to be in water all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or their skin has to stay moist, well, the, which well, typically there, means there they are have frogs to, that can stay out of water. I mean, they, their skin has to stay moist. Their skin has but, to stay moist, so there are different yeah. ways that their skin stays moist. However, 
it's unusual to get a frog out of water for a long period of time. There are certain species where they you can do that, but not many of them are filmable. Well, plenty are. But anyway, so why wasn't they, it toads? Uh, because, I don't know. <laughs> those those seem pretty interchangeable as far as their. So we're level getting of back threat. to the misidentification oh, okay. of animals. We are. We, we have brought this full circle. It's not a goddamn marmot. <laughs> Full circle, kind of like the movie. Not a goddamn Pomeranian. Kind of like the movie, because we're just back to the dude abiding. Like this podcast abided. Mm -hmm. Everybody's back to abiding at the end. Did you know that Sam Elliott was married to, uh, is married to Catherine Ross, the girl who was in The Graduate? I do now. Ta-da! Okay. Did she have a tragic death? No, I think she's still around. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, we've already gotten our Brianna's, tragic death. Brianna's what like, more oh. do you want than Philip Seymour Hoffman? Right? Yeah, that was oh my great. God. that was super tragic. It's it is oh. super tragic. That was very tragic. And now you brought us down. Thank you, Tim. You bet. Time for Torture. final thoughts. Okay, Melissa, final thought. John Goodman bought his home from Trent Reznor. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> you were just saving that up no no i got an even better one if you want oh, okay, okay okay sam elliott do you realize sam elliott was nominated for an emmy because of a role he had on robot chicken <laughs> <laughs> was he voicing a puppet with a large mustache that was just looking at the screen and he was being sam elliott and of course he was amazing at it yes he wait, does he yeah. plays wait, was sam he elliott. legitimately playing himself Probably. I, I don't. I don't know. I've got to look this up now. But but he got nominated. For There's an just Emmy for like something chicken. breaking my brain about the idea of getting nominated for an Emmy for playing yourself. It happens a lot. Really? It can happen. It can happen. Oh God! Why? There's all sorts of variety show nominations. Like the Carol Burnett show won a bunch of times. Carol Burnett played Carol Burnett on the Carol Burnett show. Mm-hmm. I mean, she played other roles too. But <laughs> all right. Brianna, final thoughts about the Big Lebowski. Boy, have we rambled a lot. Oh, well, there I, I go again, rambling. There I go again. <laughs> Sorry. I feel like I have definitely been educated. Uh, <laughs> and I'm still stuck on the fact that this reminds me of The Pearl. Like, legitimately, I don't know if you've read that book, but that's what this movie is to me. It's amazing to me. It blows my brain. This is a whole new perspective on this movie. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> I really do. I feel like if you told the Coen brothers that, they just nod and go, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Oh, and you wouldn't it. know whether they were telling the truth or not. You wouldn't know. No, I wouldn't know at all. They just nod and go, "Yeah." Yep. Uh huh. That's right. Yeah. I uh, final thought. Uh, <laughs> uh, two things. Uh, my favorite character in this movie by far is Sam Elliott's character, just because it's like oh. the fuck. You know. Are we sure he wasn't a delusion? Oh, he. Uh, as far as I know, he could have been. Uh, but uh, the other thing is the the tidbit that I read that I love about this is apparently at one point Joel and Ethan Cohen were were walking by a movie theater I believe it was in Hollywood and uh, they were showing the Big Lebowski and apparently they show the Big Lebowski there every week and uh, they talked to some young lady there who explained to them that they showed the Big Lebowski there every week and invited them in to come and watch having no idea who she was talking to. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. So, also, one of them is married to Frances McDormand. Yep. And the Uh, other one is uh, married to one of their editors, actually, uh, Trisha Cook. So, and Frances McDormand, of course, won an Oscar for Fargo, which we may watch at some point. And she was up for Oscar this year. She won an Oscar this year year for Three Billboards. For Three Billboards. 
I didn't watch the ceremonies this year, so I have but my did brain. Win. Yes, but Francis my brain McDormand has won for three billboards. Yes. And uh, Francis McDormand is amazing. She was very good in three billboards. She I'm has gonna, one I'm scene. Trust you on this. She has one scene in Hail Caesar, and she's great too. Really, if she has a scene in something, she's great. It's probably she's great. great. Yes. Yes. So there is a wood chipper in Fargo. Oh yes. <laughs> there is. <laughs> There's. Yes. And it's not in the same way that there are guns in this movie. No, no, no. <laughs> or marmots. No. <laughs> not the same way at all. Um, all right. You know what we did not do before we sat down to record is decide what we're going to watch next. So I'm not going to tell you. Yeah, we'll figure that but out. But it'll it'll be probably on the post for this this episode. I would hope so. I would hope so. Okay. So, but the last few times we've told you what we were going to watch next and it was a lie. So this time I'm not even lying to you. I'm just not telling you anything. So thank you for listening to <laughs> Real Education. <laughs> we'll be back with a mystery movie <gasps> next time. We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on a Real Education. Dee, dee.